check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Oh yeah, everybody. Welcome to another edition of, I was about to do it, A&B podcast. I was about to call it Guys Beer Sports. I don't know why. You want to know why? Because I'm here. This is exactly, I got, I got, first off, the proverbial mouth of Massachusetts, the man with the golden tongue, the man that can, with a plan, okay, he can put it all together, and I am proud to call him my good friend Reed Homer here on the show with me. This is awesome. Uh, hey. Dude, it's been too long. It's been too long. I know. I, it's, I, 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 I was like, what the fuck show am I on right now? And what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Minus the B too, because yeah, because Brad Brad decided that he had to go to L.A. today. Well, this week, you know, so. he's like he's like when you're when you're as good looking as Brad, you know, you get calls like that where it's like Brad, we need you down here. Uh, you know, it's like Jennifer Lawrence doesn't have a date tonight, and he's just like, oh, all right, I'll show up, I guess. <laughs> he's got some new stupid movie out. I'll be the candy. <laughs> Just walking around. Yeah. <laughs> He's walking around our candy. Bro, man. It's so good to see you. You have no idea. Um every time that you're on, I have I have I have fun. I have a great time. Sometimes at my expense, I understand, but still. Yeah. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Nobody. 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 Especially with that fucking shirt on. Oh, oh dude. God. This is this is as tame as it can get, man. I mean it's this is this is whipping. Oh, let me let me throw out some Maui gems so I can uh, vibe with you. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, we got a couple of parrot heads now. Sometimes <laughs> the Jimmy Buffett concert on. Oh man, yeah, I covered around head. Oh, speaking speaking of such, dude. Okay, I know you mentioned on Facebook, and I, I just wanted to bring it out there. I did not invite you on because your team was knocked out of the playoffs. Team what? But oh, okay. Oh, just, well, hold on a second. Just for context, because nobody's going to know what the conversation was. The day after, hours after the Celtics get knocked out of the playoffs, he's like, "Oh, we're going to be great. We can have you on. Oh, we got to have it." No, you didn't say it to me. You put it in A and B group. He said, "Oh, we got to have Reed on." What the fuck are you talking about? Of course, it's because my team's off. Are you nuts? Yeah, I don't hear from you. And then it's just like. Reed, we gotta catch up, and it's like, oh, the Bruins just got knocked up. No, no, not happening. And then you you put it public. Oh, we gotta have you on. Oh, have you on forever. Oh, oh, I gotta see my buddy Reed. Hmm, I wonder why that could possibly be. So let's have it. Let's have it. Let's hear. All right, all right. Let's start with the Bruins. Let's start with the Bruins. Come on. So first off, isn't it amazing how much parody there was, like, like within both leagues, that. Very refreshing to see it in the NBA of all places. Right? Yeah. So I didn't see that coming. So much, no, no, I don't think anybody saw that coming. So much parody. And it, it mimicked itself, although in two different rounds, with Boston, the Bruins, getting eliminated by a Florida team in the first round going seven. When you make the most historic run in all of NHL history. And then the conference finals... With the Miami Heat taking out Boston. I mean, here's the thing. The Celtics in seven in Boston. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think you have. And it, was, it wasn't close. No, that like game really seven close. was a blowout. And I think yeah. you have Giannis Antetokounmpo sitting there going, I told you. I told you they were good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably exactly what he said and exactly how he said it. <laughs> Like I, I honestly believe only a guy only a guy as brown as you with a shirt that loud could pull off doing that that uh, <laughs> that impersonation. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> he's there, and I'm sure he's happy that Jimmy Butler is doing his Jimmy Butler thing. But now you go up against Denver. I don't know. I think that's that's a whole different yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be a problem. But so all right. So what was your take on the the Bruins situation? Like what what went wrong? Right. And now, and again, pretend Florida didn't just do what they did yeah. to Carolina. Another Let's face very it, good team. This is this is the biggest thing is that um, um, Bobrovsky. I mean, first off, Florida is playing playoff hockey since January. Secondly, Bobrovsky injured off. You know, so you had yeah. uh, who was it? It wasn't Spencer Knight. It was that other guy there that they had in that. Uh, I forget his name. 
Uh, that's how forgettable he is right now because you know, yeah, you 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 worked your butt off to get you to the playoffs, but oh, Leon, Leon, yeah. yeah. So him. So then Boston, who I thought, okay, there's something here because you don't win that many games like that. But the thing is that I, I'm yeah. there going Swayman and Allmark are not. They're not the goaltenders. And the thing is that you kind of saw that mental breakdown with a couple of giveaways that that Allmark left. Yep. And um, I was there like, as soon as they made the switch to Bobrovsky, I don't know what clicked on that guy's head, man. Something clicked on because he's been lights out. Like, I and they've been that Florida has been winning close. That whole Panthers, uh, that whole Panthers, uh, Kane series, those were all one goal games. Oh, one goal games. Of Some of them went to overtime, unbelievable, yeah. or scored in the last few seconds before overtime. It's crazy. And the Leafs, I mean. Bobrovsky got in all their heads. And let's face it, the Leafs are not mentally tough. They are not mentally tough. So Bobrovsky just has to steal one game, then he's yeah. stealing the series. And that's exactly what happened. He stole that one game. And you saw, you saw what, what was it, Morgan Riley cheering yeah. for that one goal that's just like, man, I really wanted to count, but there's no way you could say. And it's like, here you are going, You're this guy is in their heads, man. And, yeah. and he was in their heads in Carolina. I'm sure in Boston they must be sitting there going, like, "What's going on?" This yeah, goaltender. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, and again, we we had a lead going into, uh, in that series, right? And it's just like you just look over there, and none of none of those guys in that team. It was three one. It was three one. Yeah. It was like this is over. You, you were just looking at a situation where those guys they didn't seem like they were concerned. <laughs> like that's the scary thing is. You just look across the ice and you just see a team that's just like, yeah, we're going to continue playing our game no matter what, which is the biggest problem that Florida's had pretty much their entire existence has been coaching, I think, right? Because they've always always had, like, a really good team or they've always had, like, a a core group of really good players. What we saw this season, though, especially in this postseason here, is the coaching is clearly night and day compared to what they've had in the past, right? Paul Maurice, man. Paul Maurice, you saw, you saw like under the, the, there was the Gerard Gallant, you know, team, you know, he was, he was a great coach, but there was so many, so much infighting, so many problems with Paul Maurice is in there. He's just like laying down the law. It's, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic to see. I think people those, forget, none of those guys are shook. People, people forget that he was Carolina's coach. I think yeah. the cup, right? So, I mean, yeah. um, he's got cup experience. He's got that pedigree. Um, he co he coached a guy like Rod Brindamore, who was, a yeah. fucking coach himself you know what i mean yeah. like he's even when he was playing he was just one of those like he was like everybody's dad he had like real cut the crap energy uh-huh. yeah, what, so. what was what was the feeling of boston though i mean you guys had that historic run and did you guys feel going into it like we got this locked down or no i i because I, again i don't i don't what i like is i like a big slide leading into the playoffs right like i like a big juicy slide going into the playoffs where your team's on a skid no, you know, there's no traction. There's a lot of t- turmoil, right? And then it allows the team to kind of rally around something. It gives the coach a lot of things, a lot of talking points, right? But if you're if you're winning games, and we did go on a little bit of a slide towards the end of the season, um, but the problem is, I think it was, it started just at the very end of the season, and then it kind of just carried through into that first round where you're just like, uh. But a lot of people around here, we have the dumbest fans in the United States of America. And that it's not their fault. They just they're so used to fucking title town energy, right? And everything was going great with the Celtics and the Bruins that everyone's just like, fuck it. You know, it's like Russia going into Ukraine, like, this will be a fucking cakewalk. <laughs> Here we are in fucking year two, though. It's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> everything was going great. It's just like you can't look past anybody. And certainly not a spunky team like the Florida Panthers. Yeah. You just you just can't look past teams and that that that's that's the NHL for you. And the NBA now, apparently, because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler... We we got bit twice in Boston here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what I was saying. And and it's the first time, I think, that he had two teams from the same city go into the finals at the same time. Like, it's unbelievable for that. We also had... I'm used to that shit here. Yeah. We we also had um, uh, almost clean sweeps all throughout the conference finals. Like, it was just amazing how it was, like, just a mirror image it seemed like and then things fell apart there but honestly i thought the celtics were gonna pull it through 
to bring it to game seven. I'm like, what is this reverse sweep? And then just to show up the way they did in game seven was just, oh. I'm not yeah, even listen, there's, there's, there's the conversation about people being hurt and all that other crap, but um, with the Celtics, right? But being a Bruins fan, um, being a Boston fan, you have a guy like Patrice Bergeron who every year, punctured lung, fractured rib, um, you know, hairline fracture in his tibia, that kind of shit that he's playing through the postseason with. And you don't hear about it until we win a cup or we, we get knocked out. And it's, yeah, you know, you, you, you wouldn't have known that he was dealing with that kind of sick injuries. Um, so it's like, Minnesota. shame on them. That guy, that guy in Minnesota playing on a broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that, that like that's the, that's what you that's what you're supposed to see though because like you're talking about guys getting paid millions of dollars to play a game yeah yeah um, so it's like you know hey I'll 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 t- I'll deal with this pain now for a lifetime of glory uh, people yeah. will be singing my song and again win or lose uh, you know you they're gonna be singing that song for a long time because that's that's a crazy ass story I still remember situations like Rich Peverley in Dallas where he had a heart attack on the bench. And, uh, you know, they resuscitate him, something like that. He's just like, all right, I got to get back in there. It's like, what are you talking? Like, that's what sports is about. He's is dealing with these injuries. And in Boston, they're just like, oh, you know, Brown, Tatum, they were dealing with this, that, and the other thing. And it's just, so? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking playing. You know, yeah. you don't have to look back. Not 20 years to see the NBA was a very rugged, brutal. Um, it's not you know, the same. Yeah, it's not the same product anymore. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. have... Like, when you think about it, for Jordan to win those championships, I guess that Piston team to have to go up against them. I mean, they, they were vicious. Yeah. And, and now you have the benefit of everything. Like, I mean, basically, if you're a name, you're probably going to get the foul. Um, yeah. Uh, like, like LeBron there against the Nuggets there, that last second when he's trying to go up for the two, and he really was trying to sell that sell job against Jamal Murray, little Jamal Murray. Block. Yeah. Like, it's like, Dude, like, no, this is stale and old. Yeah, and again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate any individual for doing that because that's what the sports become. Absolutely, it's like soccer. It's like, it's like, if uh, you, yeah, you're right. Soccer, if you yeah, reward it, like, why yeah. do it? Yeah, yeah. If I, you're, I, if you're the best at the game, yeah. you're gonna play the game as, as it's designed to be played. He's, right. He's operating within a system. This right. is how the system works right now. That's it. Again, it's just like soccer. Like, I don't, I don't sit there and I don't shit talk soccer because of the, the intentional getting fouled and, and yucking it up because that's they reward that there. So stop rewarding it. Um, and then if that guy continues to do that, it's just not going to be fruitful, right? It would, it would yeah. just hurt his team. But yeah. that's uh, the NBA pretty- for you. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm turning into a grumpy old man. <laughs> about something like, ah, I grew up watching old Pistol Pete Maravich highlights. Ah, what is this? Is it, is it amazing to see Jokic, the season he had, and what he's doing right now in the, these playoffs, like I, I don't think there's any team that can go up against this version of the Nuggets. Like, no, it, no. And, and like that's that's this is like this is one of those things where for all of the NBA's faults, you can watch a Nuggets team like that where they they are tough, they are gritty, um, they are exceptional in every every you know in every category possible, um, and it it it's. It doesn't matter what generation you put those that, a team like that in. You can ship them back to the '80s, '70s, and they're gonna they're gonna do what they do. Yeah, um, it really is a lot of fun to watch, and uh, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the the longevity is for a situation like that beyond this season. Uh, how long can they they maintain that level? We saw Golden State do it for a very long time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So is 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 Denver now the the team? Um. Universally. You know. I mean, I think if you keep Jokic to what, what he's doing, I mean, another triple-double he had yesterday. It's like he's on a historic run. And yeah. then Jamal Murray had 27 along with him. So Bam, I have a hard time saying his name, Bam Adebayo. I have a hard time saying his name, man. But he had 27, and then Jimmy Butler was like kept down with, like I think, 13 or 14 points. Yeah. So, I mean – when you have one guy that goes off, it's a little bit easier to block it off. Because let's face it, what's, yeah. Kyle, what's Kyle Lowry going to do here in this situation? It's like no, if you can have one guy produce a margin of error for you, yeah, right, that is that vast. 
it, it just takes a load off of everybody else. And that's what you're seeing with uh, Jokic there. It's like it's unbelievable. He's giving he's giving everybody a nice long leash to do whatever the hell they want to do and be themselves yeah. and and play their games. And that's that's why you that's why you get a guy like that. Yeah. And I think I think everybody knew going into this that it's it's probably gold and not Golden State. It's probably um uh Denver's to lose because oh, Miami's yeah. playing with like house money, just the same as the Florida Panthers, that this is yeah. Vegas's Stanley Cup to lose. Because again, Florida is playing with house money. They they weren't even supposed to be in this. And, yeah. You know. Uh yeah, so I mean, like, I, I think I think Florida, uh looking at their their team, I think they actually probably point for point probably have the better team. Um, so I, I look at it a little different. Like, yeah, again, Vegas was killing it all season with uh, especially under Bruce Cassidy there. That was weird situation for us where we're like, why would you fire this guy, Bruce Cassidy? He's not doing anything wrong. And then Neely and, and co look like geniuses because uh, Jim Montgomery comes in here. We go on this historic run, but Bruce Cassidy was doing it out there in Vegas in a new team. You yeah. Know, he, they, they Vegas had a fucking insane season as well. Absolutely yeah. insane season. Yeah. They, like, they were not, number one not, in the West. Yeah. 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 Not, not what the Bruins were doing, but you know, yeah. it was, it was wild. So yeah, well, let's face it. I think, um, I think Vegas had, so how many, how many different goaltenders going into it? It was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the amount of, the amount of times they're running Jonathan quick out there. Jonathan quick is old <laughs> <laughs> for, for a goaltender in the NHL right now. He's, he's a geese. Like yeah. it's crazy. And uh, he, he, he was able to just get out there and they have six very good defensemen and it didn't really matter you know they, i know they, they're they're a team that's like it's kind of the antithesis of florida where florida you're getting really really good goaltending um where vegas is just like yeah this is a team sport you know you uh, know what's you know what's funny though right is that edmonton i think that they were going to run over them after uh brossois got injured there and they brought in aiden hill and aiden hill's been stellar he's been great for them yeah but it, his history he's he's been kind of uh because he was what in uh was he in uh san jose for a pit yeah 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 anyways he, he his play could be a little dr jekyll and mr hyde you know yeah. what i mean like he he has that going on a little bit um uh, but yeah I, I don't know what to do with edmonton i i, I don't know what the, i because i i was looking at i was like that's that's a sneaky sneaky fucking team which that's is a stupid it's a stupid thing to say because you're like McDavid, dry sidle, Matthias out What a hot take, you know. Yeah. I think but, that Skinner kid is a good goaltender. Yeah. You know, but it's his first year. Uh, yeah. I I think Edmonton actually got a pass. It's funny Edmonton got a pass and Toronto got a pass because Toronto was like, "Oh yay, you finally made it out of the first round. Way way to go!" But. Man, yeah, and, and and Toronto was second in the Atlantic, right behind yeah. the Bruins. So yeah. it's like, well, not right behind them, but behind them. But Kyle uh, Kyle Dubas is gone. Like you know, yeah. you, you saw that writing on the wall. It's like I'm sorry, there was supposed to be more, and I was one of those people too. Say, like, bring on Florida. What yeah. the hell is going on? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, uh... I I don't know. Like like Bobrovsky is just amazing, and that defensive core of Montour and Weger and, and yeah, Brandon Montour, Sam Reinhardt yeah. out there in the center. It, yeah, it's it's insane. It's just such a good team, Florida. You keep and it, it was it, it was crazy. Go. It was crazy how Florida built this team too, and they let pieces go where you're like, what are you doing, letting these guys go? Right, like, like Huberto. Yeah, yeah, Huberto. Huberto is a guy that you can that you build a team around. He's like a. You know, he's not like a, a high level scorer or anything like that, but he's like he's kind of like a Matt DeShane or a Ryan Johansson type where he's going to be a leader in the locker room, leader on the ice, right. uh, makes good decisions, smart, high IQ type guys. Right. Um, that's why I was liking Jonathan Huberdeau, too. And he also had the production. He had right. fantastic production. And then Florida made that trade with Calgary. Where Calgary. Got Mackenzie yeah. Weger. Um, I hope I'm saying that that boy's name right. Weger. Yeah. Weger. Weger. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was it was. It, you're like, what are you thinking, Florida? You're just trading chips away like that, and seems to have worked out. And I'll tell you, man, that Brandon Montour kid, he plays such a such a great game. Um, and I, I'm a fantasy hockey player, um, and I had him on my roster all year. Um, he got me into the finals, um, which I lost. Um, so I've been there's been a lot of losing this spring. Uh, but <laughs> you know, you see a guy like Brandon Montour, I, like if I see a guy on my team that's producing at a high level, I'll I'll start watching their games. Right. right, and he just, he looks like a guy that could have been like 
fighting Bob Probert in the nineties, early nineties, you know what I mean? And, and then, and then scoring, scoring goals and, and, and assisting on plays, being an ass in the power play. Yeah. I think Florida is going to be a, a really tough problematic team for a good five years. Uh, if they can maintain some level of this core going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Paul Maurice, I think like he said, has been the, the key for that. We keep forgetting that they were the president's cup trophy winners last year. So yeah, and Matthew Tachuk is 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 a great player. So Matt Tachuk is the man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think and his brother his brother is awesome too. But he's in Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of Ottawa, I mean, did you hear all the players trying to buy that team? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, blame him. I think Snoop Dogg was in there at yeah. one point. I don't know if he still is. Uh, you got Deadpool in there. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I think it'd be great whoever ends up getting this here. Look at what Brian Reynolds and Rob McElhinney were able to do with uh, with uh, Wrexham, Wrexham, Wrexham. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was saying. It's like, who knows what could happen there with Ottawa? It's 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 crazy, absolutely insane. Yeah, Deadpool's killing it. He's in he's in uh, booze. He's got Aviator Gin with Hugh Jackman. Um, he's in telecommunications with Mint Mobile. I think he just sold Mint Mobile, if I'm not mistaken. And he made a still, huge profit. Still in the game. Yeah, it's still, yeah. The, yeah he's, he knows what he's doing, clearly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it, it's 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 something else to see somebody like that with some sort of, like, a almost like a CEO mentality, you know? It's like, that's the, that's the way to do things. I bet there's a lot of teams that are looking at Ryan Reynolds like, come to Detroit, figure this <laughs> shit out for us. <laughs> buy, buy all the teams. <laughs> buy them all. We're like, we need help so bad. Buy, buy Ford and bring him back. Bridgestone, something, yeah, Firestone, whatever. Like, just we gotta, we gotta figure this shit out. Ryan Reynolds is Mister Fix It for decrepit cities. I'm telling they're, you, they're awful sports legacies. <laughs> you, you know what you, you know what surprised me this season is uh, Seattle Kraken tickets. They're Expensive, like second highest in the league. But that's not a surprise at all, right? It's like it's not, it's not, a, it's not a function of the hockey team. It's a function of. Look at how fucking expensive Seattle is. Yeah. And talk about what a shithole. Good God. <laughs> I, I don't want to go back to Seattle. All I see on, on the news and social media is just like, oh, God. It's yeah, like it's not that far from the truth either. I remember going oh. to see a Seahawks game and I'm walking around like, ah, <laughs> this is worse than Toronto. <laughs> this week on The Walking Dead. Dude. Fuck. <laughs> The hell is that? Yeah, because when I was out there, it was like, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd run into your, your your tweakers, you know, occasionally. Yeah. So you, you go into an AMPM, you come out, there's some guy, ass plumber's crack, leaned over your driver's seat, stealing everything in your car. He's like, yeah, yeah, there you little scamp. But now it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go steal everything in a store and get away with it because there's <laughs> no larceny laws anymore. That's why it's so expensive. Oh, Seattle stinks, unfortunately. Oh I, love, I love that city. It fucking stinks right now, though. I love Toronto. Toronto stinks. Yeah, New York City. New York City stinks. Boston stinks. Boston stinks. Boston stinks. It's a stinky, <laughs> shitty city. Our cities need to fucking unfuck themselves immediately. You know, I, I was feeling that. But I'm, I, I, I do, I do feel for you because one of the exciting things for me about you going back there was like, oh, and there's an NHL team there now, right? Like, so Sean's gonna have a fucking blast, and to hear that the tickets are expensive. Fuck, like, yeah, it's actually cheaper to go to Vancouver and watch a game. I bet, yeah, yeah, like you know. So I'm, I'm probably gonna do that. Ottawa was probably the cheapest I've ever seen tickets at, though. Yeah, I bet. I don't know if you ever been to the Canadian <laughs> Tire Center at all, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, nope. It's that's like, how that's how it should be, though. You're not supposed to be putting arenas in the middle of your metropolises. It's insane. It's I, don't know, I it, loved it. I loved it in Toronto. It, You're just able to walk 30, down there. Put it 30 minutes. Like the Maple Leafs should play in London. Shouldn't be in Toronto. That's insane. Dude, that's the best part. You just walk right there. It's like it's happening oh, now. That. Yeah. You no, because you put it somewhere else up and then, then you're able to build businesses around that. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I, I know they were talking about doing it with the Jays and everything, but man. Man, baseball started. What do you? What are your thoughts so far? What you thought? I know it's June. It's early, but that's my thoughts every year. You ask me every year this time. ALE is rocking it. Not paying attention. Not even looking at it. 
Elite. And I've watched, I, I've watched, I've watched a disgusting amount of baseball for a guy who has two kids. I really have. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. I'm not paying attention to any of the names. Nothing. I'm not paying attention to shit. <laughs> what about the rule changes? Don't care. <laughs> don't even. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not. I after the Fourth of July, I start getting insane about baseball. I have this. This is the calm before the storm. Is what you're looking at right now. After yeah. after the Fourth of July, I turn into a fucking maniac with baseball. <laughs> it's, I really do. It's probably probably not a bad thing too, because I haven't really been following too tough because it is the beginning of the season. But all those games count, and I'm just looking at the AL East, and it's like, wow, it's a juggernaut. Everybody's competing over there. So, like, my favorite thing about baseball, and this has been the same thing for the last three years or so, is Shohei Otani. Like, oh, dude. What a gift to yeah. the sport of baseball. What a gift. Just seeing him, like, leading K's or up there, you know, top three in K's, up there on, on uh, uh, fucking uh, hits. You know, hits, like home runs, RBI, yeah, slugging, you know, on base. It's like whatever the hell it is, like the guy's just crushing it. Like, uh, I fucking, that's like, he's my favorite thing about baseball these oh, yeah. days. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know how the Angels are going to be able to keep him because he's that much of a talent. You know, it's like, yeah, where's he going to go? The Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have we seen that movie? Yeah, <laughs> like I know. They, it, How to ruin like, a career. Enter here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, like, I love him right now. I used to love A-Rod when I was a kid. And then he went to the fucking Yankees. And it wasn't because he went to the Yankees. It's because he turned into a massive piece of shit. In the <laughs> Yankees. You were just like, the Yankee sense. way. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's the oh. Yankee way. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, you're from Boston. You hit the Yankees. I'm like, I do. But it has nothing to do with just the city, the 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 you know the proximity or any of the history. It's just guys go there and they stink. Except CC Zavathi was the only guy that I was able to who went there who I stomach? continued to like. You just stomach no, him. I, I I loved him. I loved him. He's like I lost 120 pounds. I just stopped eating Captain Crunch. I'm like that's the fucking that's insane. You're eating that much Captain Crunch to where you just stopped eating. You lost 120 pounds, CC, because they decided to pay 160 million dollars. That's like. That's the best. And again, there's a lot of guys that were organic, uh, you know, Yankees that I've, I loved. I love Jared. I still love Derek Jeter to this day. And even though he's like some like a uh, big time sports exec now, still love him to death. Um, I love many. Uh, I loved, uh, I loved uh, Jorge Posada. Um, yeah. Was another one of my absolute favorites of all time. I love Mo, Mariano Rivera. Um, everyone else can suck a dick. All right. So back yes. to my thought. This is my thought here. Have you seen Big Nick Totoro's Twitter at all? No. The actor. Nick Totoro. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is Nick Totoro? What did he act in? So he's been in like like little bits as mobster movies and stuff like that, right? You see his face, you'll know exactly who he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this guy is the biggest Yankees fan. And I started following him because it's just like, man, he will he will just take liberties on his own Yankees, just like how garbage they are. How could you lose that game against the Jays? I mean, you know, but it's funny because it's just like, you know, uh, I'm not even I, like sometimes I'm hard in the Jays, but I, I'm not like that. Like that is like some hardcore stuff. You should listen to his, some of his stuff there, Nick Totoro. But still, so that's that's how sports fandom is supposed to work. Right. There's there's that. That quote, that Mark Marky Mark quote from The Departed. I think we should treat what was it? Politicians like uh, mushrooms, feed them shit, and keep them in the dark. Right? Uh, uh, like uh, uh, you, you're supposed to, you're almost, you're supposed to despise your government. You're supposed to despise your sports team. But if anything goes down, you you go to war for them, right? Like like here's the arrangement: I'll die for you, but I'm gonna shit on you the entire time, right? Because you're my like you're my shit. You're a piece of shit, but you're my piece of shit, right? And I just hate everyone else's piece of shit a little bit more than mine. You're supposed to hate your fucking team. Like, you're not supposed to just blindly love something and without with with all its faults, and especially with the Yankees, like where you're talking about a uh, an organization that the problems are limitless, the list right. of grievances is excessive, right? Um, Steinbrenner completely screwed <laughs> baseball for like a hundred and fifty fucking years. And his legacy, I could smell his corpse every time I throw in a ball game. I could be watching the fucking Cardinals versus the Marlins, and it just stinks like dead Steinbrenner. 
<laughs> he just left a terrible legacy on the entire league. <laughs> and you, you, that's what you should do. So Nick Deturo, he's doing it right. He's, he's, your, he's your boy. Years. He's your boy. Man. Yeah, again, a lifelong Boston sports fan. I'm not one of those guys where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go like this team over there. <laughs> Sean Valancourt. <laughs> what? What are you saying? <laughs> What are nothing, you? Nothing, nothing. That's that's nothing. nothing. That's nothing. What are you talking about, man? I'm, yeah, you're not, you're supposed to wherever you wherever you're from is that's the team you like. That's it. I give you a pass on. I give you a pass on Buffalo and Cleveland. Well, Buffalo. I, should, I mean, you have to give me a pass. Cleveland is because yeah. I got married. Okay, and so like, come on now. Did no. you take her last name too? Is it Sean Church? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's like you should you should love your team, but. Part of love is hate. Oh, you yeah. gotta have you gotta have a healthy dose of hate. There's some hate. I think so. I think so. There's some hate. Yeah. You speak too glowingly of your Maple Leafs all the time. It, it bothers me. You I know. know. You, don't a, you don't have any problems with your team. Oh no, you this should is, have a shit ton of problems. Literally, I literally was just like I I went into it with no expectations because it was just like this is this is what we have. You know what I mean? It's like, this is what we have. Yeah, every year you fall for it, though. You're like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're number two in the Atlantic. Uh, it's, it's looking pretty good for us there. I think this oh, is I know, year. I know, I know. It's like, when was, when was, when was the last one? 72. 72. Uh, uh, 67. 67. Yeah. I feel like it might have been 71 or 72, but. No, no, 67, man. It was, it was 67 was the last one for the Leafs. Yeah. Is it really? Jesus yeah. Christ! It's even worse than I thought. Uh, it's pretty bad. It's yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, sixty-seven. My dad was twenty-seven the last time. My dad, who's by the way eighty. <laughs> Your dad, sorry. My dad was 27 the last time the Maple Leafs won a cup. He's, he's turning 83 this year. What the? You're kidding you guys, me. You guys should be beheading Leafs execs on television in Canada. You guys should just be like. <laughs> should bring back the guillotine. <laughs> Did you guys ever use the guillotine up there? Like, I don't know. No, no, that's a very, that's a very French thing, not French Canadian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So all, all the guys that didn't like the guillotine in Canada, they're like, oh, that's, that's a little morbid. Oh, jeez. He said he was sorry. What are we gonna cut his freaking head off for? <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I, I forgot. I forgot how much Americans like to impersonate our sorries. It's like. I forgot about that until I came here, and I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm like, pardon, 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 sorry. <laughs> Especially a guy your size, but the lack of coordination you have for a man your size, you're like, you're literally a bull in a china shop everywhere you go. You could be in a fucking brick store, and somehow you're bumping into stuff, cracking. I so out of place when I'm in a place, okay? Because, like, uh, I'm not, <laughs> right? I'm, like, 268 pounds. I'm standing there. My wife will find the most conspicuous place to stand. She oh, can yeah. me up, and I'm the one standing there. People got to go to the bathroom to get around me, right? And, it's like, and I'll, I make the odd, the oddball comment though every time you go off. I'm a better door than a window, huh? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> How many times have you heard that one in your life? Yeah, yeah, because well, like, I, I think you're supposed to be on a fucking island somewhere wearing a sarong. <laughs> and and just like fucking like out playing with fire and shit. Like you're not supposed to be in a city. That's crazy. You gotta move. We, you're you're country boy. You gotta be. You should move to fucking Texas. That should be your next move. That's my place. Eh? <laughs> yeah, get like a, a hundred acres, and then you won't have to bump into anything ever again. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'll go in halfsies with this, so I can just go vacationing down there and just shoot shoot wild boar. And yeah. then the rest of the time, you can just hang around with those pigs. <laughs> those are your people wild texas invasive wild boar It'd be another invasive species in texas i think it'd be cool as hell dude <laughs> although you're canadian so you'd be there with the boars and you guys are eating i don't know roadkill or whatever you eat and you just put oh pardon sorry oh, pardon. <laughs> i think it'd be pretty good for you so what i want to talk about most is the stand-up 
Hey. I, I, again, all right, listeners, I have no backstory on this whatsoever. I had no idea this was happening. I just, I, I, I'm very rarely on Facebook these days. I crack open Facebook a couple months ago, and I see Sean standing on a stage wearing a shirt, not, not unlike that one. And I was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> I didn't think that was bad. That was actually a good one. I did bomb the very next week after that. I went on there and just. No, yeah, I didn't think any of it was bad. I think, I think that is like, you know, I know you, you have aspirations of broadcasting and stuff like that, which yeah. I think you're also, you're, that's also well in your wheelhouse. But I think the comedy thing on the side too would be so fucking funny for you. And, you know, just because, especially here in America, like I'm a big comedy fan. We love, uh, God damn it, what's the name of the comedian that plays Squirrely Dan from uh, Letter Kenny? Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's a stand-up comedian. He's yeah. fucking hilarious. I can't but, think of his name right now. I know you're talking about, though. Yeah. I think, it's like, I think he's like an F something, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he's got one of those names, like first initial, middle name, last right. name. Um, but, you know, that aesthetic of like, just like a, like a big, not a bad bone in his body, Canadian fella, just like, whoa. So I'm trying to interact in the real world. It reminds me of Phil Hartman, cave-in lawyer on uh, SNL, where you're just like, how does this guy interact? You could just tell me about your day. Like trying to buy socks. And I'd be like, yeah, how does Sean buy socks? Where do they come from? How much material goes into those socks? How often does he have to buy new underwear? I'm I'm writing material for you right now, Sean. You are. You are. Dude. How many, how many fucking kids had to get together on their hands and knees to sew that shirt? <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's a legit question. We should find out. You're bigger than me by a lot. Yeah. I can buy my stuff barely off the rack. So where the hell are you going? This is like a 2XL, too. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you're not swimming in it. It's, it looks looks like you should probably be a 3XL. <laughs> so what prompted the comedy thing? Like, what was I just, I just something want, you always wanted to do? Oh, I, I tried it once before when I was 24. And okay, I, so back in the 70s? Yeah, yeah, back in the 70s. I bombed so, <laughs> so horribly. There was one joke that went over. That was it. <laughs> and so you know but like um recently i just wanted to try it again and see if some of the stuff is funny and some of it is i think really funny but some of it is just man it's a lot to do comedy there's no questions about it just even getting up you're intimidated sometimes you know are people gonna think i'm funny i'm not and then let's just say you got somebody that's just yapping yapping in the front oh yeah that's what happened yeah. to me and my timing went like I couldn't even think of my timing, and it would just like it just the spiral was bad. It was it was so, so bad. Did, <laughs> did, did you did you have the urge to start doing crowd work when that happens? Because like I know it's like op- doing open open mic type shit. Yeah, you know you're supposed to just get five and then get the hell out of the way. Yeah, but like if you see, I, this is why I don't do comedy because I'd be at that open mic night and then I'd just I'd have my my tight five and I'd see somebody in the front row start having a conversation be like. What's this bitch up to? What, what the fuck are you talking about? That's so goddamn important. I'm up here bearing myself to you people. Like I would, I would, I would. It would turn into me just sh- being mean to some lady. It was, it was this close to me just <laughs> like telling off a couple of dudes, and I'm like, man, these guys are just here on a Saturday night trying to get a beer in. You know, they're they're like, well, well, whatever this guy is up to, let him get up there and do his sad, I guess. You know. So, so was it so was it a comedy open mic night or was it like it a, was an open like like yeah 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 so somebody went up with a guitar somebody did some slam exactly. poetry and so nice. like you know people could talk during that because just like yeah. you know they could talk during a song but like yeah, yeah. you're, you're like, trying to do your set and it's like you know here's homeboy just like rah 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 and his voice for <laughs> his mind and I'm just like like he sounds like my thoughts and it was just like it was so bad it was so bad. Well, the so like the other thing is though is like i know you played in bands and stuff like that back in the day yeah. which is again for people that don't understand sean's old as shit so like you're talking like when chris cornell was coming up sean was like the old head in the room already you know he's just like oh i'll show this young buck how it works you know that kind of shit you know outlived chris cornell this guy right here <laughs> believe it or not and uh so like that's that's a rowdy crowd you know what i mean back in the scene you were in i saw you with your Middle ball bearing necklace. I yeah, mean, you saw that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you got you guys were playing folk music. Let's just put it that way, right? Dealing with that kind of shit on a stage situation is this scarier than that? Way, 
Oh yeah, because <laughs> at least you have four other guys or three other guys with you, right? That's true. Yeah. So you are hiding with other guys. Like you know, you can you can hide behind the instrument. This is like, there's nothing. There's nothing. And all right, so what's scarier, this or wrestling? Comedy still, yeah. Because you at least with some other guy, you know, you got to trust them and everything. But I tell you what, when I when I did comedy. And I'm going to go back and do it again because it's, it's, you should not stop doing it. Yeah. You should not stop doing it. This is what, that's one of those things I see you doing that. And I'm just like, this is why I always look at you like a bigger brother. Cause it's like, I look up to you in so many ways, not just literally. Um, but like, you just, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go do this thing, you know, whatever. And then I see you do it. You're just like, fuck it, fuck, fuck. And then every time you do it though, you, you just get better and better. So even with this, this thing. Yeah, um, with the podcasting, like you just you just keep growing and growing and growing, and you're like 65 years old. It's amazing <laughs> to see. <laughs> so don't stop doing it because, like, a I'm laughing the entire time just because I know you so well. Right, and, right. Like, it's just it's just so wild to see and stuff like that. But it's also I think you belong in a place like that where you're like, <laughs> well, you know, it's hard. It's hard because it's like I'm trying to be a clean comic, right? And it's it's yeah. it's one of those things that I ended up looking at when I'm taking some joke writing lessons even the hard consonants that's how you get your laugh is usually your punchlines will have a hard consonant in there but what else is hard hard consonants it's swear words right so it's just like oh yeah so it's it's, My favorite it's, words. it's one of those things but like you know the, the other thing too is like i'm learning how to understand my crowd the mic work just basically and then i i have to start learning how to interact with the crowd but knowing your crowd so here i am in blue Washington, and uh, I I have a great joke. Read. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear this joke? Because I think it's I think it's if you if you want to burn it on the podcast, let's hear yeah. it. It's it's a beaut. You know, it's like, hey man, I love Americans. When I when I ever I come to America, I find it friendly. It's so amazing that I I I've, I've got a green card. I want to live here. You know, um, I think Americans get a bad rap though. Uh, when you think about other nations, let's just take Canada for instance, like Canada. You got people that are there, and what do people think about Canadians? Uh, they drink maple syrup, and they eat poutine. So they are a bunch of fatso type two diabetics, you know. And and let's face it, who doesn't love a diabetic? Like who? That's why. I mean, let's face it. You want peace? You're gonna look at a diabetic. When you look at America, I think most people think about America is that they have pickup trucks guns and the bomb you know so people are there and they're thinking that they're driving around in an f-150 with a bunch of guns and uh, a nuclear bomb right in the back of it as well you know <laughs> you know i think the reason that americans are so friendly is because they can carry like they can carry guns right and and this is why they're so friendly is because if you meet somebody you don't like you could just shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> I got booed for that one, man. I got booed. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, we got kids dying in schools, you know. No, I mean, like, that's, that's like, any, any, that's the, that's the fun thing about, that's why comedy is a sport. And that's why I think it's fair to talk about on this podcast, especially, is it, it has become a sport uh, most recently, even at a higher level, right? Where you're playing this game where there's people that pay money to, to, or they, they voluntarily walk into a place where they know this is going to happen. And like, there's big time comedians, you know, like the club comics and theater comics who deal with these people that show up to the show. Twenty dollars, thirty dollars tickets, right? They show up to a show and then they they get upset at what they see. And it's just like that's the that's the insane game we're playing right now with comedy. Is like you're you're volunteer. You have to go out of your way to go to this fucking place and hear this person say this wild shit, right? Like, <laughs> and you're gonna get mad about it. Like, you don't have to like it. Like, you know, I hear a joke like that. I'm just like. Yeah, is the, yeah, America does have a bit of a bad rap, right? Like, yeah, we have a weird image problem. But it's funny to sit there and say, like, oh, yeah, that's... And you're also invoking the imagery of the whole uh, unarmed society is a polite society, right? Like, you're right. not going to pop off if you think the guy might have a gun and might shoot you. Yeah. Like there's there's layers of that. But 
And that's honestly a joke that that upsets people like that is probably a good joke. Honestly, yeah. like, that's that's my favorite thing about comedy is I'm confronted with shit that I don't necessarily feel comfortable thinking about or talking about. Right. Yeah. That's what a good comic does. And they like and the clean thing. Some of my favorite comedians are clean. Pete Holmes, uh, Nate Bargatze are yeah. two of the that, that come to mind all the time where I, I'll sit down and I'll watch, uh, you know, like a big Jay Oberson who just came up with a new special on YouTube called Dog Belly. Phenomenal. The dirtiest son of a bitch on the planet. Right. Right. Um, Jim Norton, same deal, dirtiest son of a bitch on the planet. And then I can watch a Nate Bargatze special and laugh the same. And I don't, I couldn't tell you, I, like, I didn't realize Nate Bargatze was a clean comic until like a year ago when right. I heard him on his podcast talking about it. Like, it was just like, oh yeah, he doesn't say swear words. He doesn't talk about, you know, sex and, and vaginas and stuff like that. I just was like, yeah, look at this dumb guy from Tennessee up here trying to interact in the world and being bad at it <laughs> you know that, that was it's funny it's funny it doesn't matter how you put it or how, yeah. what you say you know so that's why i mean like seinfeld has like always been one of my Seinfeld's heroes because the best yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, his stand-up and then you watch his his his, his show and it's like man it's it's still funny you had to, you, you had to watch his stand-up in his show yeah, yeah. They, they they would start with him doing a bit, and then it would end with him doing another bit. And it had to be relevant. This is how much this this guy was writing. They had nine seasons, twenty episodes a season. I still watch that. Show. I watch it with my daughter, and she laughs at it. She's four. You know what I mean? Like it's he's funny, and it doesn't matter how you say or what what the words are. It's yeah, how you mix it all and throw it all together. So the funny thing with this comedy stuff is that my wife gets embarrassed for me though, and oh, she's yeah, embarrassed. She's She's embarrassed. He's embarrassed. I'm going up there to do it. Like, what Dude, if you're 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 the kid in Stand by Me who's doing the train dodge, right? <laughs> Where he's like, I'm going to stand in front of this train until the very last second. I'm going to get out of the way. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Everything's going good. You don't have to do this. Why are you doing this to yourself? Do you have any idea? Like, all if you look at the uh, the the occupational risk associated with a job like that right Dave Chappelle got tackled by a crazy person right 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 uh Chris Rock got slapped at the fucking Academy Awards by Will Smith <laughs> one of America's dads now you know what I mean like the occupational risk associated with a gig like that she's your wife she wants you to live a long time <laughs> sorry <laughs> obviously she's gonna be sitting there like what the fuck is he thinking but that's that's what separates men from women, right? That's what separates men from women. We're going to do the dumb shit. No matter, no matter, like, I don't have to go in that hole. There's no reason to go in the hole. I'm going to go in the hole anyways. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Might be something cool. <laughs> it's like, no, it's a hole in the middle of nowhere. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go check it out, though, either way. The next thing you know, Reed, Reed's buried in sand at the beach. They're like, what a dumbass. This happens all the time. I couldn't believe it, though. Like, this guy that was in the... the audience that was there to watch it was like one of the canadians and he turned to her and actually coined a phrase for it called secondary embarrassment and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you gotta understand what joe joe though she this is that is the only place that happens yeah it's probably you in a grocery store too you're like oh look at these cantaloupes oh, <laughs> oh what do they do with these cantaloupes these days oh i've had secondary embarrassment with you <laughs> with you and Okinawa, for fuck's sakes. It was like we go into a ramen or in Japan, we go into a ramen, ramen house. The room's this big. <laughs> and you have to sit on the floor at a table. You have to sit crisscross applesauce. There's no way your legs are getting under there. And the entire time, there's like nine of us stuffed into this little room in this ramen house, this little table. And you're just like, boys, what a great day we're having here. It's like, you look uncomfortable, Sean. <laughs> you look uncomfortable as shit. Stop saying everything's great right now. It's insane. <laughs> And then you proceeded to eat that ramen house out of house and home. <laughs> We've all been secondarily embarrassed. It is what it is, but that's that's why you're the you're one of the you're one of the best because you just I'm gonna go fucking be my you throw a tank top in the Philippines on you just walk around like hey dude that was still like, one of my favorite things when we saw that one Russian dude. And he was wearing the short shorts and everything, and then I was doing the exact same thing, and then you guys were just laughing, like, "Wait, are you part Russian? Like, what the heck? What's yeah, not here. What's going? Yeah, on? You, there's a certain energy that you and Russian drug dealers have. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not entirely confidence because you guys are self aware, 
but you're just like you you're faced with the confidence and then your natural thing is like ah i'm terrified let me throw in this hawaiian shirt <laughs> so everyone's looking at me now it's it's enviable it's admirable it's endearing and i love you for it i so yeah i just don't stop doing the comedy thing like yeah. that that honestly is like when I, I have friends who have done it around here and they're like it was either go to therapy or do this and it's like they have no they have no they have no dreams of being a stand-up comedian they make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year working in tech right yeah they just do it because it's their therapy yeah. it's like I, they get on stage and they just make people laugh and they get that their dads nobody's paying it no one gives a shit about them you know they're not they're not trans they're not you know gay they're not black maybe you know like maybe they're just regular guys that no one gives a shit about and they get to go on stage and either get some admiration and love and some claps or people boo them and they're like, oh, I'm gonna come back next week and make them laugh so fucking hard, you fucks. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's nice to have a hobby and it's nice to do things hard. Yeah, that are hard. And the, and this is this is what this is right now as a hobby. I mean, I can't sit there and go, I'm going for it all the way, boys, because it's just like there's years of stuff to master. You know. Yeah. yeah. But it's 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 important. That Neil deGrasse Tyson has the best wrestling quote of all time. Including, you know, you're talking about Dan Gable, Brandon Slay, like all the guys that had all the great quotes in, in the sport of wrestling. Neil deGrasse Tyson had one of the best ones, and it was, we wrestle because it's hard. And stand-up comedians say the same thing, but it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. You're talking about guys who were Navy SEALs, who, you know, went to West Point, all these guys, and they get into comedy, like, this is the toughest thing I've ever done. That's what I consistently hear over and over again. Oh, no. It's the toughest thing I've ever done. It is, because you are literally burying yourself up there. But, man. Yeah. We have, we and have there's, there's no one to hide from. There is it. <laughs> Fail or succeed, it's on you. It's and at the at the very least, at the very least, Sean, you only got a couple of good years left in you, right? So it's good if you just get some material out there, keep putting it online, because then when 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 you're when you're worm food, I'm gonna be able to get my fill of, of Sean Valancourt for the rest of my life. <laughs> for the next forty years, I'm gonna have to live without you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Man, we went we went right off. We went right off subject, but I actually enjoyed this conversation. Oh my no, God. comedy comedy is a sport. I don't give a shit what anyone says. If yeah. if video games are a sport, if fucking women's soccer is a sport, then comedy is a sport. Yeah, no, it's it definitely is. It's it's tough. It is a tough tough thing, and I I enjoy doing it. I don't know. It's like just if I can make somebody laugh, and it came from my mind. It's like that's cool, and that's why I'm envious sometimes that you read because like it's like naturally this is a natural gift you have. Where I I gotta contemplate and write. And <laughs> I could never. I would never go on stage and say the things that I say to you. <laughs> no, I value my safety too much these days. <laughs> you think I say mean things to you? Wait till a stranger looks at me the wrong way. I'm just like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> yeah. All right. So back to the sports. What do you think of the UFC these days? What do you I think just- of? You read my mind. You read my mind. Obviously. Yeah. That's exactly where I wanted to go. Um, the state of things, John Jones, because we haven't talked in a long time about this stuff. A lot to unpack. John Jones, come back. Cyril Gunn, heavyweight. Shouldn't have been Cyril Gunn in the first place. Shouldn't have been. But It's, it's insane. It who, who, like else, who else, though? Who else? I don't know. I mean, who would, he, who, who, who would have done better than Cyril Gunn did? And Ghana knew, like, I'm not fighting this. He was guy. out of the he was out of the UFC. He ran. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he ran. And you know what though? I will say this. I'm glad you brought up Ganu. Because he did a good thing. He went to fucking PFL. We saw the conversation, the contract negotiations breaking down live, right? Like we were, we saw the president of the PFL sit there and say, like, yeah, this is gonna happen. We saw Ghana say this is gonna happen. And then out of nowhere it came back and they were like, Yeah, we made a deal. And Ngannou then was like, I wanted to make sure everybody that fought me was a millionaire after they fought me. Like, that's that's huge. Because this is a guy, everyone talks shit on the UFC where it's like, yeah. oh, they don't pay the fighters enough. But they'll go somewhere else, make a shit ton of money, and watch a bunch of guys get paid yeah. even less than the UFC average. Yeah, They're full of shit. And Ngannou put his money where his mouth was. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Like, he should have he stayed to fight John Jones. I, I think that he, you know, yeah, okay, so he did a great thing there. But I also think that, you know, he had to do that because if it didn't work out that way, 
it just looks like he's dodging now. He's got something to like dodge around from his dodge, if if yeah. that makes any sense. Because it's yeah. like, I mean, good for him. He's he's gonna get other people paid. I'm I'm happy for that. But the thing is, is that finished us off. Everybody wanted to see that fight, and you robbed everybody of that fight. Like you robbed everybody of that fight. You know, that's it's not only that, but it's also Stipe. Now, Stipe is like an interesting one because Stipe is this sleeping giant. I've been um, waiting for this fight coming up next month. I have been waiting patiently. So you, you sit there and you look at this situation where Ngata loses to Stipe, comes back, knocks Stipe out. Yeah. Right. But he doesn't even, Stipe doesn't even get a rematch. It's like, ah, whatever, Stipe. Stipe, Stipe is one of the one of the most tricky things of all time. He's probably still the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC. Right? With how long he with how long he held under the title, yeah. how he won, all that other shit, right? He's probably still the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC. Yeah. He gets zero respect for it. I don't know what it is. And you'll see the UFC go to bat for Sugar Sean O'Malley, which I don't understand. It's like it's like I feel like he's gonna call me the N-word when I leave 7 Eleven. I don't give him a buck. You know, hey buddy, you got a dollar? No. Go fuck you. And it's like, boom. Right? <laughs> that's what that's the energy he brings. I'm like, it's not, it's not endearing. It's not fun. I get the McGregor thing. McGregor has an entire fucking country behind him. What does Sugar Sean have behind him? Ohio? No, nah, he's got Seven like Elevens outside Snoop, of that one. That one commentary from Snoop and uh, the love of uh, the owner. I mean, that's really it. Because but that's how do you not do that for Stipe though? Guy's the, a volunteer firefighter still to this day. Like UFC what, is what's not the love. The thing is that he's not entertaining because he was a, he's a good guy. You know, George St Pierre was hard to promote uh what's his face captain america that he was hard to promote the champion you know yeah. so i mean it, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense when you think about just the numbers of pure numbers about it but the thing is is that i think the ufc likes their bad boy reputation that's why connor uh mcgregor has just been i mean even now he gets a main event against another aging superstar there and it's like yeah. And 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 it's like really like I'm gonna spend money on that, and more than likely I probably will because it is Conor McGregor. It's Mystic Max still to this day. Like it, yeah, like because again, like even the fight he lost against uh, fucking Khabib, Honor was winning that fight up to a point where he lost it. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah, he he was winning the fight for a piece. And again, that was Khabib's game for that one. But like uh, Conor McGregor, it's it's one of the most anxiety riddled things that I want to see him lose. And every time I watch him fight. He could end the fight at any moment. So he has that. And he also has the the WWE persona that nobody in WWE has been able to replicate somehow. They yeah. like they've never they've never had like Hollywood Hogan level hatred. Yeah. Right. And also the uh the Hulkamania love. Yeah. How do you have that yeah. at the same exact that? time? captured in a bottle like that only conor mcgregor's been able to do that or even um, so, or even or even uh the current champion right now john jones i mean the same for john jones. you know you could yeah, love I, 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 don't, I don't i don't i don't think anybody's loving john jones the way they love conor mcgregor yeah uh, i conor mcgregor's got that uh who's that that guy that uh, the instagrammer there uh andrew tate andrew uh, tate have you ever heard about him like yeah. uh, he's got this weird following where you're like who are these people where are they and they're like oh they're everywhere they're at your church. They're at your schools. They're at you. They're on the bus with you. You're like you don't realize it, but if you see a guy that's wearing some Tom Ford and has like a Rolex on, you're like, that might be an Andrew Tate guy. Same thing with Conor McGregor. You just be walking around and like, does that guy have a neck tattoo under that shirt? What the fuck is going on there? And it's he hits you with a corny one line. You're like, God damn it, Conor McGregor's everywhere. <laughs> McGregor mania is real, and it's it how that hasn't died still to this day. I can't even remember the last time we fought, honestly. The, the, he goes that long, and yeah, it's like you know. It, 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 I think it was uh, Diamond, was it, uh, Dustin, yeah, Dustin Diamond Poirier. Yeah, yeah. That I think that was his last fight. So I mean, that's insane. Uh, and, and honestly, it's like I mean, you know. So this is another payday. But honestly, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is that John Jones keeping Miocic because John Jones called out Miocic as well because John Rightly Jones so. is a student of the game, and John so. Jones knows that if he wants to be the greatest. He's got to fight the greatest. And so John Jones is the smartest guy in the room at the UFC right now because 
He could have called out anybody yeah. in three different weight classes. Yeah. Don't don't get it twisted. John Jones, if he wanted to, could go down to 185. Easily. Could fight at light heavyweight, obviously. Or did it for a very long time. Could fight a heavyweight, obviously. Went and knocked out a fucking uh the the guy, right? Who was still in the fucking thing. And then he's like, I'm gonna fight Steve Amio, just the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. Which also, by the way, is a huge thing for Stipe Miocic. Stipe Miocic is now yeah. getting a gigantic fucking payday. Absolutely. And is now being thrown back in the ether after a huge layoff now as well. And you're going to tell me that that's a guy that's not there? Like, he's not? Everyone, everyone wants to act like he's a crazy cokehead. It's like, no, that's a that's a very smart dude. Yeah. That is a very smart dude. Where you... There's, it's undeniable. And, and you think you think Stipe is just sitting there like he's cowering? Like I don't see Stipe as a cower. I I think Stipe is getting ready for this fight. And he's he's think- Croatian and he's from Ohio. That is the most dangerous mix on the fucking planet. You're talking about two hurricanes of insane that just fuck. That's insane. Like, like I'm it's, it's crazy. It. I'm looking forward to it because it is going to be explosive. That's going to be a fight. And and it's like you know like. The, the we're twenty three years into this. We're twenty three years into this century. That's gonna be the fight of the century. Yeah, like, like, like we're gonna be talking about like these guys both have the power to put each other to sleep. So yeah. it's like, what kind of Stipe are we gonna see? Are we gonna see that lean Stipe that went in against Ngannou, or are we gonna see a big hulking Stipe? You know, uh, hopefully it's a lean Stipe because John Jones is. Like you have to be, you have to be, you have to have the attrition. You have to the be, wrestling, have to be the really wrestling alone, dude. I mean, forget about just all of his limbs and everything. The wrestling alone, and you get down on the ground with this guy, he could he could finish you so many different ways. Yeah, it's, look at his pedigree. Look at all of his brothers are in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all Super Bowl champs. It's, it's, it's insane. No, uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking for I'm looking forward to that. I I think the state of the UFC overall, when you have to push a Sean O'Malley and stuff like that. I'm glad to see that they still have a crown jewel somewhere in there. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like, man, I I I honestly like if it's not for that, I think I wouldn't be paying so much attention because mm-hmm. it, Sean O'Malley pissed me off so much in that one fight there that they had where I think it was against uh Petter Jan. Petter Jan. Petter Jan, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jan. Yeah, yeah, we ended up like uh, uh, getting the decision, and I'm like, he lost his fight clearly the whole entire time through. He lost his fight, and now he's getting yeah. a title shot. It's like this makes no sense. And you did it to a guy, a fighter of Piotr Jan's caliber, who yeah. was like, yeah, it's disgusting. So, all right, so we're 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 cutting close on time here. We are Jake Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Who wins? Nate Diaz, I hope. No, yeah. but who wins? Not put your heart out of it. All right, take off that stupid shirt for five seconds. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate Diaz. I think he also has like because he has boxing pedigree, and the thing is, is that quite honestly, he has more fighting time than uh, Jake Paul. So yeah, Nate Nate Diaz. I'll, I'll go yeah, uh, so Nate Diaz is like so the guys that are fighters that Jake Paul's fought um, were a little punchy, I would say. You know, especially what you saw with um, fuck who is it? God, Tyron Woodley. He was a guy that was getting knocked out left and right over and over and over again. And he was an older cat, too. He was like an older, older cat. Uh, I still remember that Nate Marquardt knockout, which was like the first time you saw Tyrone Woodley be human. You were like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, and now now I think fucking Jake Paul is unfortunately fighting a guy who's a motherfucker, who's just gas tank for days. The, him yeah. and his brother run triathlons. They're vegan athletes. They're smoking weed. They're, they're, they're like, it's the biggest problem on the planet. And they're from one of the craziest places in the world, Stockton, California. Yeah. Jake Paul, you know, again, he's a guy that I I don't shit on in terms of boxing. Like this guy does it for a living. He does it for a living. He he trains for a living. Like Jake Paul is a boxer. Um, There's none of this. Oh, he's a YouTube guy. No, he's a boxer. Don't get that twisted at all. But Nate Diaz, he's got everything. He's got it. Punching, he's good. Gas it's going to be a test. Oh. It's going to be a test, man. It's not an easy walk in the park. And I think, go. you know what? Kudos to Jake Paul. He's fighting a real a real person right now. So, And again, Nate Diaz is pushing 40, right? Um, he's not yeah. a spring chicken. But yeah, he's also not a guy that was getting knocked out. No, no. You're looking at a good fight here. I think it's a good fight. Well, I think we're at this point. We're at this point where I would like to ask you a one-on-one question. Sure. All right. 
So we were discussing this before off camera. And so I'm going to yeah. ask this right now. Talking about talking about uh, male G strings. Yes, yes, squeaky cheese. Squeaky cheese. Squeaky oh, cheese. Okay. Only in Canada or U.S. No, it's it's ubiquitous in the United States of America. You have to go to certain places, there's certain pockets where you have it, and then those fucking weirdos decide to move up to places like Florida. I've had I've had really good poutine in Ybor City, um, Florida, near Tampa Bay, like the little Cuban. Wow. Like there there's a poutinery down there somewhere. Um, and the thing has, I keep forgetting about Lowell, Lowell being so French Canadian, French well. Canadian. Yeah, we have we have. I walk by I walk my dog by Valancourt um, Square every day. It's <laughs> a two second walk from my house. Like that's how French Canadian this whole neighborhood is. We have Cote's Market. Um, we have uh, Saint Jean d'Arc uh, down the street there. We have the Franco American School Boys School, uh, which got converted. We're we're in French Canada here. It, it is what it is. So it's uh Maybe that's the perspective I'm speaking from. Um, you know, my partner Nicole, her last name is Bernier, right? Bernier. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a they say Bernier for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. But you go to one of her family's gatherings, there's some like coked out Quebecois that show up and you're just like, God damn, that's our <laughs> And they brought their cheese with them. Yeah. All the way down the Beaver Pelt Trail. This Man. is where the Beaver Pelt Trail starts, brother. Yeah, Americans have got to sit there and just think how blessed they are. Like these French Canadians have shared this treasure with you. Oh, well, right, hold on a second. I feel more blessed to have the Cambodians across the street because they, they keep bringing me by spring rolls and fresh rolls every day. Like I, I'm a little more blessed with them. French Canadian beans, for example, are atrocious. So I'm, I'm more proud of our Southeastern, uh, South, Southeast Asian heritage than our French heritage. But our French heritage is ubiquitous here. So we, we have our squeaky cheese. I've seen it around the country. And uh, yeah, I think you can get it in a lot of places. We, we love it. Perfect. All right, man. This is going to be it then. So thanks a lot again for coming on there, Reed. It's been it's been a pleasure. We're going to have to have you come on a lot sooner than this, okay? Yeah. All right. Peace. I still can't see your eyebrows. <laughs>